for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we're back at it again with another amazing podcast. After a nice little weirdly odd 4th of July break, but you know what? It was much deserved, much needed, so I'm really happy to be back. And today, we have somebody very special because he's from an old stomping ground of mine. We have Weston Vernon. How's it going today, man? Man, it's good. Thanks for having me, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for jumping on. You know, it's... It's Monday. Baseball's finally starting, getting ready to kick off. And I bring up baseball specifically because we just had a nice little conversation about that. Um, but, you know, baseball's finally starting to get back. It's starting to finally feel like summer right now. Yes. Uh, and, of course, with, with baseball kicking back up, at least it'll give us something to watch, you know? Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's really been like I'm starting to run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. Like, <laughs> I, I, there's yeah. only there's only so many times that I could watch the uh, Waco Waco series or the, you know. Yeah. Now, have you gotten into Yellowstone? No, I haven't. My, I think oh. my I think my dad has, but I haven't. Oh man, you got to go like catch up on the first two seasons. That's like okay. that is my that's my show right now. I look forward to Sunday nights because season three is just started. Okay. So, nice. Uh, you will have well. If you like kind of a, it's a cowboyish show mm -hmm. with a little bit of a, of a mobbish type scene to it, okay. you know. Uh, hey, anything so, to do, I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated with the mob mentality and the mob, with <laughs> anything to do with the mob, so. Yeah, I think you'll like it. You sold it, you sold it. <laughs> but um, first of all, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast, I I just want to get that out there first and foremost. Um, but let, what we like to do on the podcast is kind of get to know everybody or get to know the people that come on. So um, let's kind of jump off. What got you into music? What, what's kind of your origin story into music? Yeah, so um, I started this whole uh, story years ago. Um, we have kind of a local um, dive bar that was really well known in this area uh, that was called Live at Libby's mm -hmm. and a lot of a lot of folks performed uh, there Garth Brooks actually performed there before he kind of went big Trisha Yearwood Tracy Lawrence all those guys were there playing every Saturday night they would do a Friday night show and a Saturday night show and you auditioned on Friday and you played the live show on Saturday night on our local uh, radio station and, and folks could come from all around and have dinner with your family and you, they've got the big dance floor. Uh, it was so much fun. So that's kind of where I got my start. Um, and then from there, just, it just kind of, uh, for me, for a few years, it snowballed into some fun things, some opportunities, uh, like, you know, probably the highlight of my career at a young age was getting to open up for John Conway. Uh, who's a country uh, legend uh, 
and we did that in Owensboro. That was something I'll, I'll never, uh, never forget. Um, and so, you know, with my family, I ha I'm married and have three children. And so music kind of took a backseat for a, for a while. Um, and so I started kind of, uh, with the encouragement of my wife, started getting back into the writing scene and, and doing a whole lot more writing behind the scenes with folks, networking, connecting with people in Nashville, uh, which I'm still doing to this day. Um, and that's where I kind of discovered the passion to kind of get back into things. And so from there, over the last few years, I've been, you know, just playing and performing any opportunity I get. I, I go play. And so that's, that's kind of my, uh, I guess the model I'm going to live by is just if, if I get the opportunity, uh, I'll take it and, and run with it and have fun with it. So, uh, it's been a lot of fun, obviously with everything that's going on right now. Uh, I'm not doing much of, of the playing out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's interesting because Bowling Green, like, and I've only really been able to put this together the last couple of years, because when I was living in Bowling Green, I was a lot younger, like we're talking eight years ago. Um, and just looking at it now, Bowling Green's actually like a really underestimated place because you're only like an hour from Nashville. So if you happen to be a country musician in Bowling Green, like, it's awesome. a, probably it's a lot cheaper to live in Bowling Green than it is in Nashville. And being from Chicago, an hour commute ain't nothing. So, like, oh, it's not actually yeah. from my house when I pull out of my driveway to get to Music Row, it takes me right at 50 minutes. So, uh, <laughs> now obviously, if you're dealing with traffic, it's a little bit longer, but yeah. I usually, you know, I, I'm trying to find the times when, when I do go down, um, you know, I'm trying to stay away from the traffic. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, 50 minutes is usually what it takes me to get there. And you're right. A lot of folks are, um, I mean, there's several songwriters uh, in the music scene that live up and around this area. Um, and it is so much cheaper uh, to live in. And the country is just beautiful up here. Uh, Bowling Green, it's, it's my hometown. It's where I'm from. And, and we live on 10 acres on a small farm here. Uh, I love I love being uh, where I'm at and and able to get to to the city when I need to. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it, the only thing I didn't like about Bowling Green, and a lot of people told me they had this issue, was it made me realize I actually had an allergy problem. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like before I never really had an issue with allergies and then I moved to Bowling Green and it was like every other day I was taking Sudafed or I was taking <laughs> something and it was just like well, yeah that's, that is that's basically uh you know our family we've we've got a, a cabinet over there full of Allegra and yeah. uh, Flonase and all that good stuff uh it's a it's a constant battle and it drives me nuts what's crazy is when we go west uh you know family trips and what you know have you it's so nice to get out there to the air because the air is just so clean mm -hmm. and uh my youngest son i'll never forget this we pulled into denver and he got out of the car and he <laughs> he said dad i can finally breathe <laughs> he stays he stays stopped up most of the time but uh yeah it's it's definitely a bear when you're dealing with the allergies here in the uh, bowling green i'm noticing it's not quite as bad here in waco 
but it's still pretty bad here just because the variety of allergens that are around, like just depending on which way the wind is blowing. Yeah. You know, it's just like, Oh, you're going to get this kind of allergen or this kind of allergen. And it's just like, okay, give me nine months. My body will build some sort of an immunity. I hope. That's right. That's right. Um, Now Waco, if I correct me if I'm wrong here, but Waco is kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Am I uh, right with that? Yeah, we're about an hour and a half from Dallas. I mean, I guess depending on who's driving, like an hour and a half from Dallas. I've made that drive from Dallas to Waco before, and I just remember it being flat, and it was a very boring uh, drive. Well, but once I, you got to Waco, it was awesome. Yeah. Like, I mean, I lived in New Mexico for four years, and the, you want to talk about out in the middle of nowhere? Roswell, New Mexico is in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I've not been to uh, New Mexico. We have family that uh, they have a bed and breakfast out there. And so okay. uh, it's, it's definitely one of uh, one of my goals. Uh, someday, maybe my wife and I can get out that way. Nice. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth a trip. Like anybody, anybody that likes to travel like just traveling through new mexico in general like it's not i mean i guess in spots it gets flat and boring but like if you go through the mountains it's like oh okay cool you know (laughs) which side now which side is the i guess the mountainous region of new mexico would that be like the northwest no well i mean there there is mountains in the all pretty much the entire north side of new mexico from redoso up but you'll run into some stuff. Well, actually, no, I just go through Rodoso all the time. So Rodoso is like a mountain community. Like they're really well known for their skiing. So yeah, like from like North, pretty much anything North Rodoso North is all mountainous area. Like, so probably I'd say like two thirds of the state. Okay. Well, I have to- that's definitely uh, something we'll have to put on the list to, to go check out for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard how beautiful it is out there. Yeah, it is. It really is. And especially like the couple of times or when I was out there, it was like a really weird time because they were actually getting rain out there. So like this desert that hadn't seen rain in forever was actually starting to grow plants. It was look, it was looking like your backyard. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, I thought this was the desert. And they're like, it is, but we're actually getting rain right now. So, oh, that's funny. Yeah, I've got a, a buddy who lives in Arizona, and uh, he he was he's always joking around how he doesn't have to cut his grass because it's turf. He puts turf down in his backyard. But that, I just think it's hilarious. So, yeah, that is. Know, I mow about four acres here at our farm every week. Uh, yeah. You know, boys do, and. Uh, how nice it would be to be able to just go out and not have to mow the yard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm really jealous right now because you're in Bowling Green and it looks like it's beautiful outside. Whereas it looks like it's dusk right now here in Waco. Cause we're about to get nailed by some crazy rainstorm. You know what? I saw that today. I think y'all, y'all were catching a bunch of rain uh, in Texas, right? Yeah. We're pretty yep. nasty today. Right now, well, it hadn't been all day, but like right now, starting at eight eight thirty, it's supposed to like really yeah. come down, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, if it's gonna happen, rather have it happen at eight thirty tonight. So. <laughs> we uh, we sat in the house all day yesterday. It rained here 
quite a bit, which we needed the rain. We've been yeah. quite dry, but uh, today is it's been hot and very muggy. Oh yeah, very muggy. Bad. You remember the humidity here? Oh yeah, I well I worked for the Hot Rods, the baseball team in town. And yeah, so just sitting out there in mid July or early July, it was just like, oh my god. <laughs> And just, you know, I'd have to wear like a hat and then have a backup ready just because I was sweating through hats like crazy. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a uh, hot and humid here. Yeah, absolutely. But um, so you're based out of Bowling Green and you're born, raised Bowling Green, lived there your entire life. Yeah. Yeah. We, we never left. Uh, probably should have for a couple of years just to experience life outside of Bowling Green and yeah what that's like, but, uh, we've, we've traveled and, you know, done all that and seen, seen a lot of our country here and, uh, Bowling Green's home to us. And there's so many good people in this town. Yeah. Uh, we, we like it here. Yeah. And it's what, it, you know, I used to be very much of the mindset that, um, people need to get out and experience, like if they've lived in their hometown their entire life and they're like 22 23 that they need to give get out and experience the rest of the country but if you're happy like if you're not like oh man screw this town this town's terrible why are you staying you know if you're 100 percent happy like yeah you know maybe there's really no point like other than just going to experience, you know? Yeah, we, you know, early on in our uh, marriage, my wife, Laurie, she, she was the one that kind of wanted to, to bounce. She wanted to move. And, mm -hmm. and I, being the homebody that I was and being close to mama, yeah. you got to stay close to mama. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really want to. So I guess I kind of won that battle. Uh, but she still reminds me quite frequently of the opportunities that we missed out on and maybe getting away for a couple of years. But, uh, most certainly, we're we're very thankful to to be where we're at. That's funny. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, it it's kind of funny, like because I understand that completely. Like when I left, I growing up in Chicago or the Chicago, South Chicago uh, in two thousand and nine. I left to go to school in Southern Illinois, so I went to, lived in Carbondale for a minute. And had my parents not moved while I was in school, I probably would have ended up right back up in South Side of Chicago. But my parents moved and it's like, all right, where do I want to go? And then like Bowling Green happened, New Mexico happened, Florida happened. And it was just like. You, uh, you're, you're very cultured, man. You've, yeah. you've, you've seen, uh, you've seen different, uh, parts of our country and experience oh, yeah. the, the culture of, of the different areas, man. It sounds, sounds like life has been fun. Oh yeah, it has. And then like the whole live and amplified thing, it's like we get to travel all over the place. Like there's still a lot of places we haven't been yet, but it's, that's fine. Like keeps life exciting, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and you know what? You only get one life. So go do some things that you enjoy doing. Sounds like what you're doing right now is a lot of fun. Oh, it is. It really is. Um, how often do you get, when there isn't a global pandemic shutting down the world, how often do you get out to go like tour or play? You know what? Um, I, I do a whole lot of uh, songwriter uh, events. So it just kind of varies. Uh, 
there are different parts of the year that are obviously busier for me. Usually the, the summertime is, is a time where I really get uh, out and play quite a bit. Um, the, uh, the spring is also a busy time for me. Winter, uh, I slow it down just because I want to be home with uh, the kids and, um, and Laurie and just, you know, spending time with them. Uh, I, I don't really focus much on music uh, in October, November, and December usually. Now, October, I'll play some, but usually November, December, I'm, I'm, I'm home. Uh, well, you and, and also I go to Nashville to write. You, but you also uh, don't, you grow Christmas trees or something. I was reading on your website, right? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, so, we have a little farm, uh, a family farm. Uh, of course, we got this one, and then the family farm is just south of us, a few miles. And um, my brother, uh, Kalen, uh, they raise cattle there, and then we, we grow some trees, and, and then we bring in trees every year. And so, uh, Christmas time, we have probably, I don't know, uh, 200 families mm -hmm. come out every Christmas and hang out with us on the weekends and uh, take pictures and do all the things that you you do out in the country at Christmas time. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. I don't know how that's going to go this year, though. We may, with everything that's happening, obviously that's a, a big question mark right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and considering, like, I was talking to my boss last week, it's like, we don't even know if we're going to be able to get back into the office this year, just because, like, I work for a news station, and they want to keep the talent healthy, which I 100% understand, I get it, Right. it's like, yo, I, I kind of want to come back to the office, I've been gone for almost four months, like, I, I'd like to come back. Uh, absolutely, I think, I think most of us, my wife has been working from home, and um, I think, I think she's ready to go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm driving her nuts. Yeah. And it's not even so much like, I mean, do I love waking up at 9.55 to roll out of bed and be on time for a 10 o'clock work? Yes, I love it. But I also live by myself. And so it's just kind of like, okay. You know, and like, I, yeah, so I just randomly turn things on just so there's voices or noises going on in the background. So I'm not sitting here like, um, yeah, that's you know. funny. We're, you know what, we're all um, creatures of, of habit and routine. We all like a routine. And yeah. as much as we say, we sometimes when we're at work, we want to be at home. Uh, let's face it. We all like the routine of getting up and having something to do. And so. Yeah. I think we've all had to kind of learn how to create our own routine yeah. while we're at home. Well, and for me, I, f I finally nailed it down why I don't like working from home. Because it's too much like my weekend. Like right now, everything that I do from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. for my job is how I spend my 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. on the weekends or 7 p.m. to 2 in the morning, whenever I go to bed, you know, just everything is the same. And it's just like, okay, yeah, what I'm doing here, I would be doing at the office. So it's really not that different. But that change of location, it's just kind of like, okay, it's different, you know? Yep, absolutely. Sounds like you need to break that up, man. Like, uh, go, go find a park somewhere and, and do whatever you do for a few hours just to get yeah. out. 
I, I thought, well, I mean, I have my laptop here, so I could probably do that. Like, just get away for a little bit and be like, hey, I'm at the park or something. Yeah. <laughs> Go to, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines place. What is that place called? No, I'm not. They're actually closed down right now. Uh, oh, they are. Yeah, the the silos are there. Is their office, but um, I can't remember the name. Of that I part. can't even think of the name of their Magnolia. Place. Magnolia. Yeah, there you go, Magnolia. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was gonna say you could go there and hang out, but I'm sure that, but you oh, said yeah. it shut down right now. Yeah, so. they're they're closed, or at least they were. They may have opened up for a minute, but yeah. Um, so are you? What are you doing right now to kind of challenge yourself musically? with the pandemic and having a little bit more time on your hands or uh, as much more time on your hands as you can have with having yeah. three kids and a wife. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I find time. I, um, I, I've been doing more writing than anything. Uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't been to Nashville since, uh, let's see, November, mm -hmm. the last time that's how long it's been. And that's, completely that's just not normal i usually am down there at least twice a week oh yeah but i but i made uh kind of made it a, a goal to stay home and stay away from you know everything in fact right before this hit uh, all this pandemic hit i had a show in nashville it was called the kentucky takeover it was in the sec tournament uh it was going to be a big deal for me and our band, and we've been practicing for several weeks for that. And literally the pandemic hit, everything started to shut down and we had to make a decision. And so I, I, I just said, you know what, as much as I wanna play this show, I feel like we probably need to cancel mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, for the, uh, the safety and the well being of, of my band and their families who were gonna come to the show it just didn't make sense. And, and it, like literally a day later, they canceled the whole SEC basketball tournament. Everything got knocked out. So yeah. uh, anyway, but I, I've been creatively at home. Just I, I've been writing quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, I, I love putting a pen to paper and, and kind of, for me, it's more about, I don't write just to write. There's a lot of guys who will get up and make themselves write every day. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't do that. Uh, I just, I, to me, creatively, I can't, I can't do that because <laughs> yeah. I would absolutely drive myself bonkers. I write more or less when I feel something or I see something that, uh, that connects with me and then I'll go and man, that's, that's to me, that's when things really kind of come to life. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, have you been experimenting with like the virtual shows and stuff? Been doing any of that or? Yeah. Yeah. You, that's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, you know, I'm just going to be completely honest. It's, it is not, it's, there's no comparison yeah. when it comes to playing a virtual show uh, and playing out. And I love doing it and I'll continue to do it when I'm asked to do it. Cause I think it's, you know, it's good for people. There are a lot of folks. This is one thing I had to tell myself. There are folks that are watching that maybe don't, they can't get out. Mm -hmm. And so this is just a great way for them to be entertained. And so I'll continue to do those, but it is, it's weird to do when you're sitting with a phone mm -hmm. and you've got to kind of bring things to life and, yeah. and 
you know, make it, make it a show that they're going to enjoy. I, I find a, I don't want to call it a sick sense of humor, but I, it's interesting to watch when people either have never done a live stream before or like a virtual festival and just how it throws off their entire performance, because especially like when the pandemic was first going on and people were just like, all right, well, I want to play. I want to try and make this work. And so they just started doing live streams. Like they, they'd start off. All right. They'd get into their first song and then they'd sit there and pause for like 20 seconds. And it's just because they're waiting for that response after playing a song. And then they're, then they, you'll like hear them be like, Oh, Okay, so, and then they'll go into their second song, but like for the first three or four songs, there's always that awkward pause at the end because they don't know how to transition out. It, it, yes, it, and it's weird because you you don't know what to say. Uh, you've got to be really creative and 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 how you, I guess, keep people connected online. But uh, I, yeah, I, I feel everything that you just said. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and, but now that everybody's been kind of doing this for almost four months it's like okay live streams are getting better technology's advanced like crazy yeah like people are finally putting two and two together so it'll be interesting to see if virtual shows remain to be a part of the business after after the pandemic and I mean, I guess the longer the pandemic sticks around, the more longevity virtual shows will have. I get, you know. I, I would agree with you. I don't think those are going to go away. I think, uh, uh, based on everything that we're seeing right now, obviously in a lot of states, they're they're trying to figure out what to do, whether mm -hmm. to slow things down, pull the reins back. Uh, but but I, I agree with you. I think probably they're going to stick around. Uh, yeah. at least for the time being, which is good. I, you know what, it's, it's, it's putting, um, it's putting entertainment out there, especially like you said, when you run out of things on Netflix, you can always hop on Instagram or Facebook and find something, YouTube, uh, yep. which is where a lot of us spend our time. So, uh, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, it, just interesting times, you know, all, all together, you know. Um, it is. It's it's a. It's been a very weird time. We and we're all, you know, feeling probably a lot of the same things. Uh, I'm sure there, you know, if you're like me, there are moments where you're trying to figure out what to do next. Yep. Because um, I've kind of run out of the the to do list. You know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I've run out of. Uh, the to, at least for now, I've kind of felt like I've caught up on a lot of things. And then there are some days where I have things and I'm just like, man, I'm just not feeling it today yep, at yep. all. There, uh, there's like, I mean, these bins I've been meeting to empty since the end of May. And it, every morning it's just like, oh, I should probably take one of the bins and just empty like a half of it and then, then <laughs> empty the rest of it tomorrow. And then I go and try and pick one up and I'm like, yeah, that's too heavy. <laughs> and I put it right back down. And so, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, one of these days I'm going to empty these bins, but not today. It'll happen. It'll happen. <laughs> That's awesome. It'll take somebody coming to visit and be like, oh, well, let me get these bins out of the way or, you know, so. 
Well, I will, I will say this, um, for me, especially here lately, if I don't have a routine in the morning, like if I don't sit down and like write down things I, I need to get done or at least just make a mental note, yeah, man, it's going to be a long, terrible, boring day. So I've, I've made it kind of my goal, uh, to wake up every morning and I usually go sit on the front porch and watch the sun come up. And then I kind of get an idea of what I want to do at least in the morning to try mm-hmm. to accomplish something at least so my mind will feel better about, you know, Hey, I, I did get some things done today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so where are you at creatively right now with your music? Are you, I know you released some music. Was it back in January? I, you know what? I've released actually a lot of music, uh, in 2020. Uh, I think three or four singles have come out. Uh, I just, everybody has a different way of doing things, okay. you know, and obviously being an independent artist, uh, you kind of do what you want to do compared to the label guys who, you know, are told when they're going to put things out, even though they, they kind of get a say so on what, what they want to do. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've put out uh, three or four singles and I wanted to just try to just get everything out there so people could start listening and, uh, you know what? I've I've had a lot of good responses to to the music that we that we created. Uh, very proud of all of it, and the work that we put into to bring you know something that I sat with a pen and paper at a table and wrote down. I love to watch the process of bringing things to life, man. There's nothing nothing that compares to taking it from the paper and putting it out there musically it just it's it's awesome uh yeah. i would say a lot of artists would say the same thing the whole creating process is so cool yeah are you recording a lot of your stuff in bowling green or are you going down to nashville to record that stuff no uh we we actually did all of our recording on this a year let's see it's been a year ago year and a half a uh, year and a few months ago down in franklin tennessee at dark horse recording um, which is such a cool place. Have you ever been there? No, I've n- no. Okay, well, Dark Horse uh, is it's very unique. It's kind of on the outskirts outskirts of Franklin, Tennessee. On a, it's I think it's like ten to twenty acres, and it's this studio that looks like a well, like a castle slash barn. It's a uh, it's made. You need to just look it up on the internet tonight. It's so cool. The I can't remember the guy's name who owns it, but he he built all of this stuff out of like old barnwood and put the studio in it. Anyway, you know, a lot of folks have recorded there. Taylor Swift did her first album there. Dolly Parton has done a few uh, albums there, and so we we did all of our recording in a couple of days, and then we did all the background vocals, uh, the next few days and all the, you know, finishing touches to it. And I just kind of had an epiphany though. You guys are making me feel better that the fact that we've recorded music a year and a half ago and it hasn't been released yet, you're making (laughs) me feel a little bit better because it's just like, yeah, we've recorded stuff from a year, year and a half ago, and it still hasn't been released. And it's just like, Oh, we got to get that stuff out. And it's like, no, it'll get out when it gets out. So. That's right. That's right. I, I don't want to, you know, I've always 
very, I think most of us would say this, we pride ourselves on making sure that it's right and that we're proud of whatever we're putting out there. Cause once it's out there, it's out there. And yeah. so you don't want to rush it and you, you want to make sure everything sounds, you know, uh, quality. It's just good quality work. And so mm -hmm. absolutely, obviously very, just, just proud of, of everything that's come out so far. And, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I just wish, obviously I wish we had more opportunities to play out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, so you're just doing singles for right now. Are you planning on ultimately releasing an EP and LP or is it just straight singles right now? You know, I did an EP when I first kind of kicked back into things, put that out there. Um, and then I kind of started doing the singles route because, you know, the way, and you know this, the way music works in 2020 is like people will listen to something for, for a little while mm -hmm. and then they, they get tired of it. Yeah. It, it goes to the back burner. Uh, and so they want something new. They want something fresh. You're constantly trying to feed uh, new music. And um, so th that's kind of why we did the singles route. Yeah. And actually I've kind of like that. The singles route is definitely the way to go for most musicians, like depending on what your ultimate goal is, what you base your metrics off of. Um, but you know, I've kind of started realizing that the old school way of doing things where it's like three singles and then an album, whether it's an EP and LP, that's, that's you is still kind of the way to go, especially on Spotify, because it's like, you release that first song, it starts gaining traction. As soon as it falls off, you release the second one and then just yeah. repeat for the third one. Okay. And then release the entire body of work, you know? But then there's also, but that depends on how long or how quickly you can keep making music. Like if it takes you two, three years to create music, then you got to be a little bit more strategic with how you release things. But if you're one of them people that can just go in, turn out songs once a month, maybe the singles route is just kind of the way to go. It's like, Okay, because you know next month you're gonna have a new song. Next month you're gonna have a new song. You know, yeah. So it just kind of depends on who you are as a musician, which release strategy. Yeah, I've had you know I've had a lot of conversations, a lot of meetings uh, mm -hmm. with folks who work in the digital streaming world, mm -hmm. uh, and just listening to kind of their their knowledge on how things work in that world, and they basically, you know, say a song's lifespan usually is a couple months. Yeah. Um, if it's, if it's good, yeah. a couple months, and then you better have something to, to come back with, uh, yeah. come to come strong. And, and, and that's kind of how, if you're going to do the singles route, that's kind of how you have to, to, to focus your creativity and, and completion process and making sure things are ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why you're starting to see a lot of the younger musicians out there are really starting to uh, turn music over faster. Like, like when you start looking at the uh, more established national touring acts, like every nine months, it seems like there somebody's coming out with something. 
you know yeah and so you know it's or they're getting featured on something or you know it's so well if you in in nashville especially if you watch some of the like the uh the label guys and girls uh man they're pushing music out quick oh yeah it comes I, out real quick that, the though how quickly nashville throw or turns music out scares me yeah and not in any good way bad way it's just one of those things where it's like i hear time and time again stories somebody goes in to record a single they go in day one six hours later they got a mixed and mastered version of their song and it's like seriously like yeah yeah yeah, and you, you know, the, I guess the the downside of throwing music out so quick is uh, you just don't want to water down the the creativity the process. process. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. so, that's how that's how you start running into the issue of everything sounding the same. Yeah, you know, and it's like you go to the same person or you go to the same studio that uses the same studio session band or musicians and it's like okay this sounds like the you know so that's going on there's a lot of that going on right now oh, yeah. <laughs> it has yeah. for the last few years uh yeah. there's you know there's two or three producers that are real big in nashville there's you got your same you know 10 to 15 session players that are pretty much on a lot of the big artist albums mm -hmm. uh which is, I mean, that's fine, but uh, uh, I don't know. They're, and, you know, they're also competing now against a lot of independent artists who are putting out a lot of good music uh, and who are drawing the attention away from radio. Because, let's face it, in country radio, they're only playing the top, you know, 30, 30 yeah. uh, top 40 songs uh, and those are pushed by the labels hard. And so the radio people feel pressure to have to do that, even though it's not payola like mm -hmm. it was a few years ago, uh, there's still pressure there. Um, and so now you've got all these platforms where a lot of good music's being played. And so people are kind of getting away from listening to radio. Mm -hmm. Or they're listening to the smaller I, well, I hate using the word smaller, but like the more homegrown radio stations that'll more likely play the local stuff or the independent stuff or the, right. you know. Yeah. Yep. So. Absolutely. That goes on for sure. Because yeah. I mean, it, like as much as I love when we're traveling, as much as I love to throw on, put my plug my phone in and throw on the Joe Rogan podcast and just kind of go through the entire countryside listening to that. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll just go turn on the radio and just kind of speed through the dial. Find, oh, I like this song and just kind of listen to that station for a little bit till the feed gives out. And it's like, uh, okay, I like that song, you know, yes. and just kind of speed through the dial. And there's something to be said because you, you get a lot of you get a lot of what's going on in the local communities. Whereas if you're listening to Spotify, it's like, yeah, you're not getting that, you know. Yeah, so. I uh. I'll, I'll listen and I still listen to country radio uh, occasionally, but I'm, I'm usually on the digital streaming uh, yeah. sites, you know, trying, I'm constantly looking for good music and it really doesn't matter uh, what genre it's from. I don't care I, yeah. just as long as it's, it's good music. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that we like to do on this podcast is um, give advice to younger musicians. And so since you started playing music when you were younger and then took a bit of a break and came back, I think it'll be kind of an interesting, interesting dynamic. Um, what was, well, first off, what's one piece of advice you would have for a musician that's maybe just looking to get started in music or? Um, yeah. Man, that's a great question. I'm, I'm so glad you asked that question because um, at a young age, uh, your eyes are big and sometimes your, your, your focus is not on the right things. I think as a young person, my focus was literally trying to break through um, in Nashville. Uh, you know, we, I spent a lot of time at a young age going down there and playing and, I, and praying that somebody would pay attention and somebody would say, you know, <laughs> let's sign you up today. Um, that, that was my goal then. And I think, honestly, I think I got burned out um, probably around 19, 18, 19. I got burned out on, uh, on doing that because obviously my focus was wrong. And so today um, I would say that I'm merely, I am who I am. I'm a little bit wiser now than I was then. And so I'm, I'm just going to go play music. It doesn't matter. Like I said earlier in this podcast, I'm going to go play wherever that is. Mm -hmm. If I get an opportunity to play, I'm just, I'm going to go play and enjoy the experience and connect with people and, and hope that they enjoy the experience. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that to me, that's, that's what music's all about. Yeah, uh, so I, I would say to, to the young folks who listen to these podcasts that, your focus needs to be literally on creating quality music, make sure that's the number one goal. And then once you've created this quality music, go play wherever you get the opportunity, just go. Don't focus on what you see on Instagram with, you know, somebody maybe that you feel like you're comparable to that has 10,000 uh, followers compared to your, 500 followers, whatever that might be, you yeah. just go play. And if it's good music, people will listen. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, to me, I think that's the most important thing because when you focus on all the things that go on in Nashville with the, the labels and the publishing companies, man, it can absolutely be overwhelming and, it, yep. and honestly burn you out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's the uh, biggest lesson you've learned going into the studio and recording? Biggest lesson I've learned? Oh my gosh! Um, listen, I, you know, for me, it's it's all about trusting and listening to the guys who are the experts, the musicians who come in and, and play with me. These guys are like, I mean, they're so good. I mean, mm -hmm. these guys that I that played with me on this last. Uh, four or five singles that we cut all are touring musicians. They tour with a uh, major label artists. And so when you go into a studio with guys like that, you, you sit and you listen and you trust, they're going to, they're going to obviously ask your opinion on things because you're the artist. Uh, but 
I gave them the freedom to do what they sound, what they thought would sound really good on the album. And, and I thought they nailed it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So kind of moving forward, what's the, what's the plan with your music? What's the goals? What's the hopes? Um, what, what's, what, what upcoming releases do you have? Like, what's the plan kind of moving forward? Yeah. I think my plan for at least the rest of 2020 mm. um, is to probably lay low and do a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I am doing some creating as well uh, in Nashville on a couple of uh, a couple of singles, which will probably take a take a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 2020 at least, I'll probably lay low, especially with everything that's going on. And, and do a whole lot of writing. Um, and hopefully, you know, we all come out of this uh, and, and lives, even though our lives have been changed now, maybe maybe life can kind of get back to somewhat of a normal life and, yeah. and I can get back out and start playing again in Nashville and, and you know, the summertime opportunities that I get to go out and play. Uh, yeah. that, that would be the goal. But uh, ultimately just, hopefully one of these days get back and out and start playing for people. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, so you're working on some stuff down in Nashville. Do you think you'll get back into the studio this year or you just, yeah, that we are. uh, That is the goal is to try to uh, complete a couple of uh, new songs. Will you go go down back down to Franklin or Nashville or. Um, I won't go, we're not going to use Dark Horse uh, this time. They were great with us, uh, you know, this I'd imagine expensive. Um, yes, it is. Um, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. Um, okay. I have a, we have some friends, uh, there's studios everywhere, you know that. Yeah. In Nashville. Yeah. So we'll be hitting uh, uh, another studio. It's a, f- a friend of ours and uh, we'll do our recording there. He's quality equipment and and i'll be using a lot of the same players that i use uh on this on these last few songs awesome awesome so to kind of wrap up every podcast we ask one big question all right so it's the most important question we ask all right i can't wait <laughs> why music oh man you know what music absolutely drives me i'm just speaking for me personally Mm. music literally is is my life i um i grew up uh in a family that enjoyed music and i grew up um you know in the church uh listening and singing music and you know you can ask my mom uh i i taped uh, on the old cassette tapes, I would tape the Bob Kingsley top 40 countdown every Sunday, just so that I could listen to those songs over and over again throughout the week. Uh, you know, when I think of, uh, when I hear a song, it takes me to a memory somewhere, some point in my life. And I think that's what music does for all of us. When we hear something, it might make us feel in that moment, maybe something that we experienced years ago. Mm-hmm. It might make us feel uh, something in the moment 
maybe from something that's happened, you know, recently, uh, it, it motivates us to, to do better. Um, so music is, is healing for me. And I think it is for, for most people. So that's why I do music. I absolutely love it. And man, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Awesome. Awesome. Um, where can everybody find you on social media, all your new music, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Thanks for asking. It's, uh, I'm on Instagram at Weston Vernon music and then Facebook, uh, is Weston Vernon music as well. Those are the two places that I hang out the most. So, uh, yeah, I would definitely appreciate folks, uh, hit that, that follow button and, and just kind of follow along on the journey. Where, where are you most, are you, are you more active on Facebook or Instagram or is it about equal? Uh, I probably, I probably do more on Instagram, but see now everything's connected. Yeah. So like Instagram, if I make a post, it'll go straight to Facebook, which is nice. I don't have to do double time, but uh, I I hang out a lot on Instagram. I like Instagram. Yeah. If, if we weren't so video heavy, I'd probably be using Instagram more, but like with the 30 second or the 60 second cap on the main post, and then you got to go into IGTV for anything longer than that. It's just kind of like, I know, I know Facebook's much better when it comes to that. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, first of once again, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. And I think there's only one proper way to end this podcast. All right. What's that? Let's go White Sox. (laughs) Go Cubs. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I'm just really excited about baseball being back. You know, it's so I'm yeah. Keep all the guys healthy so we can watch them play. That's the problem, man. uh, This virus has already zapped a few of them. Yeah. I saw that the Sox have two people down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying who though. So. Right. Right. I think I saw where the Braves were at four or five, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's, I think it's, it's here at least to stay for a while. And, yeah. but, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for some baseball. Yeah. It'll give me some semblance of a summer. So that's right. <laughs> but uh, Once again, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time jumping on here. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we'll catch you guys later. Thanks Tom.